Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Third Canto, Chapter 20, Texts 1 through 16. Shonaka Rishi desires to hear more about Vidura and Maitreya. And Vidura asks Maitreya how the Prajapatis created living beings according to instructions from Brahma. Srimad Bhagavatam, Third Canto, Chapter 20 Conversation Between Maitreya and Vidura Text 1 Sri Shonaka inquired, O Sutta Goswami, after the earth was again situated in its orbit, what did Swayambhuva Manu do to show the path of liberation to persons who were to take birth later on? Report by Srila Prabhupada The appearance of the Lord as the first boar incarnation occurred during the time of Swayambhuva Manu, whereas the present age is in the period of Vaivasvata Manu. Each Manu's period lasts 72 times the cycle of four ages, and one cycle of ages equals 4,320,000 solar years. Thus, 4,320,000 times 72 solar years is the reign of one Manu. In each Manu's period, there are many changes in many ways, and there are 14 Manus within one day of Brahma. It is understood here that Manu creates scriptural regulations for the salvation of the conditioned souls, who come to the material world for material enjoyment. The Lord is so kind that any soul who wants to enjoy in this material world is given full facility for enjoyment, and at the same time, he has shown the path of salvation. Shonaka Rishi therefore inquired from Sutta Goswami, what did Swayambhuva Manu do after the reinstatement of the earth in its orbital situation? Text 2. Shonaka Rishi inquired about Vidura, who was a great devotee and friend of Lord Krishna, and who gave up the company of his elder brother because the latter, along with his sons, played tricks against the desires of the Lord. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The incident referred to here is that Vidura left the protection of his elder brother, Jitarashtra, went traveling everywhere to sacred places, and met Maitreya at Hardwar. Shonaka Rishi here inquires about the topics of the conversation between Maitreya Rishi and Vidura. Vidura's qualification was that he was not only a friend of the Lord, 
but also a great devotee. When Krishna tried to stop the war and mitigate the misunderstanding between the cousin brothers, they refused to accept his counsel. Therefore, Kshata, or Vidura, was unsatisfied with them, and he left the palace. As a devotee, Vidura showed by example that anywhere that Krishna is not honored is a place unfit for human habitation. A devotee may be tolerant regarding his own interests, but he should not be tolerant when there is misbehavior toward the Lord or the Lord's devotee. Here the word Aghavan is very significant, for it indicates that the Kauravas, Dhritarashtra's sons, lost the war because of being sinful and disobeying the instructions of Krishna. Text 3. Vidura was born from the body of Vedavyas and was not less than he. Thus he accepted the lotus feet of Krishna wholeheartedly and was attached to his devotees. Purport. Srila Prabhupada. The history of Vidura is that he was born of a Sudra mother, but his seminal father, was Vyasadeva. Thus he was not less than Vyasadeva in any respect. Since he was born of a great father, who was supposed to be an incarnation of Narayan, and who composed all the Vedic literatures, Vidura was also a great personality. He accepted Krishna as his worshipable Lord and followed his instructions wholeheartedly. Text 4. Vidura was purified of all passion by wandering in sacred places, and at last he reached Hardwar, where he met the great sage who knew the science of spiritual life, and he inquired from him. Shonikarishi therefore asked, What more did Vidura inquire from Maitreya? Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Here the words Virajas Tirtha Sevaya refer to Vidura, who was completely cleansed of all contamination by traveling to places of pilgrimage. In India, there are hundreds of sacred places of pilgrimage, of which Prayag, Hardwar, Vrindavan, and Rameswaram are considered principal. After leaving his home, which was full of politics and diplomacy, Vidura wanted to purify himself by traveling to all the sacred places, which are so situated that anyone who goes there automatically becomes purified. This is especially true in Vrindavan. Any person may go there, and even if he is sinful, he will at once contact an atmosphere of spiritual life and will automatically chant the names of Krishna and Radha. That we have actually seen and experienced. It is recommended in the Shastras that after retiring from active life, 
and accepting the vanaprast, or retired order. One should travel everywhere to the places of pilgrimage in order to purify himself. Vidura completely discharged this duty, and at last he reached Kushavrata, or Hardwar, where the sage Maitreya was sitting. Another significant point is that one must go to the sacred places not only to take bath there, but to search out great sages like Maitreya and take instructions from them. If one does not do so, his traveling to the places of pilgrimage is simply a waste of time. Narutam Das Thakur, a great Acharya of the Vaishnava sect, has, for the present, forbidden us to go to such places of pilgrimage, because in this age, the times, having so changed, a sincere person may have a different impression on seeing the behavior of the present residents of the pilgrimage sites. He has recommended that instead of taking the trouble to travel to such places, one should concentrate his mind on Govinda, and that will help him. Of course, to concentrate one's mind on Govinda in any place is a path meant for those who are mostly spiritually advanced. It is not for ordinary persons. Ordinary persons may still derive benefit from traveling to the holy places, like Prayag, Mathura, Vrindavan, and Hardwar. It is recommended in this verse that one find a person who knows the science of God, or a tattva vit. Tattva vit means one who knows the absolute truth. There are many pseudo transcendentalists, even at places of pilgrimage. Such men are always present, and one has to be intelligent enough to find the actual person to be consulted. Then, one's attempt to progress by traveling to different holy places will be successful. One has to be freed from all contamination, and at the same time, he has to find a person who knows the science of Krishna. Krishna helps a sincere person, as stated in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Guru Krishna Prasadi. By the mercy of the spiritual master and Krishna, one attains the path of salvation, devotional service. If one sincerely searches for spiritual salvation, then Krishna, being situated in everyone's heart, gives him the intelligence to find a suitable spiritual master. By the grace of a spiritual master like Maitreya, one gets the proper instruction and advances in his spiritual life. Text 5. Shonaka inquired about the conversation between Vidura and Maitreya. There must have been many narrations of the spotless pastimes of the Lord. The hearing of such narrations is exactly like bathing in the water of the Ganges, for it can free one from all sinful reactions.
Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The water of the Ganges is purified because it pours forth from the lotus feet of the Lord. Similarly, Bhagavad Gita is as good as the water of the Ganges because it is spoken from the mouth of the Supreme Lord. So it is with any topic on the pastimes of the Lord or the characteristics of his transcendental activities. The Lord is absolute. There is no difference between his words, his perspiration, or his pastimes. The water of the Ganges, the narrations of his pastimes, and the words spoken by him are all on the absolute platform, and thus taking shelter of any one of them is equally good. Srila Rupa Goswami has enunciated that anything in relationship with Krishna is on the transcendental platform. If we can dovetail all our activities in relationship with Krishna, then we do not stand on the material platform, but always on the spiritual platform. Text 6. O Sutta Goswami, all good fortune to you. Please narrate the activities of the Lord, which are magnanimous and worth glorifying. What sort of devotee can be satiated by hearing the nectarian pastimes of the Lord? Report by Srila Prabhupada. The narration of the pastimes of the Lord, which are always enacted on the transcendental platform, should be received with all respect by devotees. Those who are actually on the transcendental platform are never satiated by hearing the continuous narration of the pastimes of the Lord. For example, if any self-realized soul reads from Bhagavad Gita, he will never feel satiated. The narrations of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam may be read thousands and thousands of times, and still, without fail, no aspects of the subject matter will be relished by the devotee. Texts 7 and 8 On being asked to speak by the great sages of Namasharanya, the son of Ramaharshana, Sutta Goswami, whose mind was absorbed in the transcendental pastimes of the Lord, said, Please hear what I shall now speak. Sutta Goswami continued, Vidura, the descendant of Bharat, was delighted to hear the story of the Lord, who, having assumed by his own divine potency the form of a boar, had enacted the sport of lifting the earth from the bottom of the ocean and indifferently killing the demon, Hiranyaksha. Vidura then spoke to the sage as follows. Purport by Srila Prabhupada It is stated here that the Lord assumed the form of a boar by his own potency, 
his form is not actually the form of a conditioned soul. A conditioned soul is forced to accept a particular type of body by the higher authority of material laws. But here it is clearly said that the Lord was not forced to accept the form of a boar by the external power. In Bhagavad Gita, the same fact is confirmed. When the Lord descends to this earth, he assumes a form by his own internal potency. The form of the Lord, therefore, can never consist of material energy. The Mayavadi version, that when Brahman assumes a form, the form is accepted from Maya, is not acceptable, because although Maya is superior to the conditioned soul, she is not superior to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. She is under the control of the Supreme Godhead as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita. Maya is under his superintendence. Maya cannot overcome the Lord. The Mayavad idea, that the living entity is the supreme absolute truth, but has become covered by Maya, is invalid, because Maya cannot be so great that it can cover the supreme the covering capacity can be employed on the part and parcel of Brahman, not on the Supreme Brahman. Text 9 Vidura said, since you know matters inconceivable to us, tell me, O holy sage, what did Brahma do to create living beings after evolving the prajapatis, the progenitors of living beings? Report by Srila Prabhupada. Significant here is the word avyakta margavit one who knows that which is beyond our perception. To know matters beyond one's perception, one has to learn from a superior authority in the line of disciplic succession. Just to know who our father is, is beyond our perception. For that, the mother is the authority. Similarly, we have to understand everything beyond our perception from the authority who actually knows. The first avyakta margavit, or authority, is Brahma, and the next authority in disciplic succession is Narada. Maitreya Rishi belongs to that disciplic succession, so he is also avyakta margavit. Anyone in the bona fide line of disciplic succession is avyakta margavit, a personality who knows that which is beyond ordinary perception. Texts 10 through 12. Vidur inquired, 
How did the Prajapatis, such progenitors of living entities as Marichi and Swayambhuva Manu, create according to the instructions of Brahma? And how did they evolve this manifested universe? Did they evolve the creation in conjunction with their respective wives? Did they remain independent in their action? Or did they all jointly produce it? Maitreya answered, When the equilibrium of the combination of the three modes of nature was agitated by the unseen activity of the living entity, by Mahavishnu, and by the force of time, the total material elements were produced. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The cause of the material creation is described here very lucidly. The first cause is daiva, or the destiny of the conditioned soul. The material creation exists for the conditioned soul, who wanted to become a false lord for sense enjoyment. One cannot trace out the history of when the conditioned soul first desired to lord it over material nature. But in Vedic literature, we always find that the material creation is meant for the sense enjoyment of the conditioned soul. There is a nice verse which says that the sum and substance of the conditioned soul's sense enjoyment is that as soon as he forgets his primary duty to render service to the Lord, he creates an atmosphere of sense enjoyment, which is called maya. That is the cause of material creation. Another word used here is dervitarkena. No one can argue about when and how the conditioned soul became desirous of sense enjoyment, but the cause is there. Material nature is an atmosphere meant only for the sense enjoyment of the conditioned soul and it is created by the personality of Godhead. It is mentioned here that in the beginning of creation, the material nature, or prakriti, is agitated by the personality of Godhead, Vishnu. There are three Vishnus mentioned. One is Mahavishnu, another is Garbhodakshai Vishnu, and the third is Kshirodakshai Vishnu. The first canto of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam discusses all these three Vishnus, and here also it is confirmed that Vishnu is the cause of creation. From Bhagavad-gītā also we learn that Prakriti begins to work and is still working under Krishna's or Vishnu's glance of superintendence, but the Supreme Personality of Godhead is unchangeable. One should not mistakenly think that because the creation emanates from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he has therefore transformed into this material cosmic manifestation. He exists in his personal form always, but the cosmic manifestation takes place by his inconceivable potency. The workings of that energy are difficult to comprehend but it is understood from Vedic literature that the conditioned soul creates his own destiny and is offered a particular body by the laws of nature 
under the superintendence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who always accompanies him as Paramatma. Text 13. As impelled by the destiny of the jiva, the false ego, which is of three kinds, evolved from the mahatattva, in which the element of rajas predominates. From the ego, in turn, evolved many groups of five principles. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The primordial matter, or prakriti, material nature, consisting of three modes, generates four groups of five. The first group is called elementary and consists of earth, water, fire, air, and ether. The second group of five is called tanmatra referring to the subtle elements or sense objects, sound, touch, form, taste, and smell. The third group is the five sense organs for acquiring knowledge. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and skin. The fourth group is the five working senses, speech, hands, feet, anus, and genitals. Some say there are five groups of five. One group is the sense objects, one is the five elements, one is the five sense organs for acquiring knowledge, another is the senses of working, and the fifth group is the five deities who control these divisions. Texts 14 and 15. Separately, unable to produce the material universe, they combined with the help of the energy of the Supreme Lord and were able to produce a shining egg. For over 1,000 years, the shiny egg lay on the water of the causal ocean in a lifeless state. Then the Lord entered it as Garbhodakshaya Vishnu. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. From this verse, it appears that all the universes are floating in the causal ocean. Text 16. From the navel of the personality of Godhead, Garbhodakshaya Vishnu, sprouted a lotus flower effulgent like a thousand blazing suns. This lotus flower is the reservoir of all conditioned souls. And the first living entity who came out of the lotus flower 
was the omnipotent Brahma. Report by Srila Prabhupada. It appears from this verse that the conditioned souls who rested within the body of the Personality of Godhead after the dissolution of the last creation came out in the sum total form of the lotus. This is called Hiranyagarbha. The first living entity to come out was Lord Brahma, who is independently able to create the rest of the manifested universe. The lotus is described here as effulgent as the glare of a thousand suns. This indicates that the living entities, as parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord, are also of the same quality, since the Lord also diffuses his bodily glare, known as Brahmajyoti. The description of Vaikuntha as stated in Bhagavad Gita and other Vedic literatures, is confirmed herewith. In Vaikuntha, the spiritual sky, there is no need of sunshine, moonshine, electricity, or fire. Every planet there is self-effulgent, like the sun. 